we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. We are the final girls covering the finale of Pretty, uh, <laughs> Pretty Little Liars, Final Girls. I'm Jess Sterling, as always, here with my lovely detective co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Oh, Jessica, nothing is sweeter than being partially right at something that you've been trying to guess for the entire season. <laughs> partially I, right. Partially, partially right. I, partially right. Barely right. For sure. Barely. Yeah. Barely yeah. right. Speaking of, if you haven't seen the finale of Pretty Little Liars and you want to and you don't want to be spoiled, get get out of here. Get out of here. What are you doing? We're about to spoil all of the things because there were so many reveals in this finale. So right. please, please leave now. Just pause. Watch it. Come back here. Um, maybe you're just listening to us because you like listening to our voices and didn't watch the show. And that's cool, too. But we're going to spoil a whole mess of crap. So be prepared. Um, and also, we're not alone here because we needed to bring in someone else, someone who was taken from the podcast too soon. I don't know if A came into her house and was just like she was decorating her Christmas tree. And he was like, nope. Gotcha. You're not recording a podcast anymore. But really, it was a uh, power outage, which we've all struggled with lately. Um, The one and only Kate is back to join us here on the podcast. Kate, how are you doing? I am so good here looking at very scary clouds outside, too. But fingers crossed that it is not up to their old shit in terms of power outages. And we are here to talk about the finale. And I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, of course. This is such an epic finale, um, an amazing finale to a great season of Pretty Little Liars, where we got most of our questions answered. Not all of them, but most of them were answered, uh, setting us up to a place where if we wanted to get a second season, well, we want a second season. If they want to make a second season, they'd be able to because there are enough little threads they could pull on. Um, Sarah, overall, like quick hits. How did you feel about the finale? Were you satisfied? Oh, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I was watching it and I was like, oh, gosh, like, I don't know if this is a hyperbole, but this is like such a good um, finale for Pretty Little Liars. I really do think that it hit all the beats that I wanted it to hit. And it answered the majority of the questions I wanted to be answered. There's, of course, some things that I'm like, this is off the wall bonkers, but that's pretty little liars, baby. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you're getting into. And I would love nothing more than a second season, but you know, if, if this is it, then I could be, I could be potentially satisfied. Or mm -hmm. are we going to do maybe a like American horror story type vibe where every season it's another group of girls getting mm. messed with by a, I yeah. could do that too. Kate, what did you think of this episode? Oh my gosh. I was so into it. So I didn't know how you all were waiting from one episode to the next. I woke up at like 7am on Thursday and watched all three that were released back to back. Cause I couldn't stop. I thought that it was a perfect kind of finale for like a, pilot season I guess of a show where it was really just reveal after reveal after reveal and I thought that reveals were just wacky enough to make it like Pretty Little Liars but also still kind of believable right and it was like yeah. at the end of the day all the guys suck which is what we've been saying the whole time so I right. love that moment for us yeah it made more sense than it should have made sense well like, yeah. it had and it had the beats that we kind of had wanted to have happen with the karen kelly stuff like that was the red herring of like i mean probably the red herring of like 
uh, oh no, it's not, it's not Kelly Karen, but it's this instead. Um, I agree. There were some very cheesy moments in this finale, but with a show like Pretty Little Liars, I never really mind because that's kind of the show. Like there are kind of it's it's supposed to be like meta and right. You have Tabby always commenting on like, oh my gosh, is it gonna be like person under the stairs or people under the stairs or whatever the heck? Like a little bit on the nose, a little bit too cute by half, but I still really, really enjoyed it. And I especially love how the first, the very first thing we get is the Waters household because we have been wondering what the heck happened. Um, so let's let's dive on into all things Pretty Little Liars. Again, um, get out of here if you haven't seen the episode and go watch it because it's honestly fantastic. I do think the final run of 8, 9, and 10 were all really good episodes and I felt like it really ramped up to this finale that we did get that felt very action-packed for like just an hour uh episode of television i thought um, all of them have been good so far i love the hbo model like hbo just has this like kind of like this recipe or this chemistry for like 52 ish minutes of tv where you're mm-hmm. just like sitting there on the edge of your seat the whole time and i think it was i said this last time on but it's so perfect for pretty little liars where we can get kind of like a little bit more in the risque category because it's HBO now we don't need Mm -hmm. to try and do free form things but it's just perfect enough where you're waiting for the next thing to drop so I loved it yeah I I do think HBO is a really good home for Pretty Little Liars because they can get a little bit excessive with you know they can go a little bit more gore they can go a little bit more horror we can see Kelly Kelly yelling F you to her dad which we wouldn't be able to see on ABC (laughs) Family so we get a lot of the stuff that I do think a show like this kind of does need um so yeah the waters household december 31st 1999 10 45 p.m it is the day uh we see rose waters shaming angela saying basically the reason that you were assaulted is because of how you dress and how you act um all because angela wants to go to this new year's eve party with her friends and rose seems to insinuate that these girls are not her friends and she is forbidden from going But Angela leaves anyway, makeup, mascara streaming down her face. Sarah, what did you think of this little flashback scene that we get? Oh, gosh. I I mean, like, just learning more and more about Rose Waters and the family dynamic. I mean, victim shaming is awful. I hate that that happened to her. I don't know if it explains totally why um, Angela shows up at the party so in distress but- I don't I don't think we ever I think that is Todd the librarian shout out to him in the discord for mentioning this I noticed it on my rewatch that there's really no explanation for why Angela shows up we see her with the mascara but we don't see her bloodied and looking like she ran through the woods like we don't know why we see Harbor. we don't know why that happened so that's definitely number one question still up in the air. Right yeah so I, I still don't know if we get the complete picture of what drove Angela Waters to what I mean I do and I don't because these girls treated her like absolute hell for the last few months of her life in addition to being getting sexually assaulted and in addition to her home life being an absolute disaster so maybe Maybe it was a culmination of all of these things that she couldn't handle any longer. And I, it, it's interesting because the Waters family, you know, should also take partial responsibility for what happened to Angela Waters. But they don't, as we learn. But um, 
I mean, yeah, like, I, I guess, like, my only critique is that we don't know what happened between Angela leaving the house and Angela mm-hmm. arriving at this party. But, Kate, could that be a, a future? Is Are they leaving that on the table for, like, a season two? I think they have to be. So, like, I didn't notice it the first time either. I was, like this girl had like a really bad fight with her mom as she's showing up this bloodied <laughs> to this party. Like I understood like the facial emotions, but um, I think it just all leads to the kind of this culmination where I watched this opening scene and I've never hated a person and wanted them to be right so badly with Rose, right? Like you see her and she's like, just don't go to the party. And we all know it's coming. We all know what's going to happen at the end of the party. And so you so badly want her to just for this one moment, listen, please just listen. So I think that that in between time that they're not showing us has to be meaningful in some way. I have no idea what it might mean, but I'd love to kind of dive into it and see her get from point A to point B. And I think that that's what's missing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, so we see her. Sorry, I mean, go ahead. Sarah. Her mom was right in that respect. Like, they're not her real friends. She's not safe if she goes to that party. Right. But oh. I think all of this is like, all of this is part of Rose's problem, too, in terms of Angela's home life is also awful. Yeah. Um, not just her school life. And this, uh, this level of insecurity that Angela has like it is ingrained into her by rose i'm sure right yep. if this behavior is like a, a you know what is it called like um representative of what her normal household life looks like my gosh that poor girl is getting it at both sides both in school and at home when you yep. just hate to see like a moment of like she obviously did share with her mom what happened and this is right. how her mom reacts like and we have this other side right where we have these two other young women who didn't get to share with their parents about what happened until this episode or until the last one and it's just so sad that this is and this is why people don't share it, right? Is because you're so scared that it's going to get blamed on you. And so just to see it, like the one person that she should have been able to go to, Rose, is throwing it back in her face in this moment. And even if it's right, right? Like we, I was like, just don't go to the stupid party. No one cares. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still just everything. The way she goes about it is just wrong, 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 wrong. And it's this one motherly figure that should be her place of safety. And it's so sad. Yeah. Uh, so then we're, we flash back to present day, December 14th. Farron's dad is out of jail. Corey got him out. We find out it is Sheriff Beasley's deputies that arrested him. And even her father is saying this all felt like a warning. It's exactly what Farron thought it was. It was as a result of, um, you know, her threatening uh, Sheriff Beasley that he did this. Um, so we're kind of bouncing around to the different girls. Uh, Tabby is at the Orpheum and she asks Wes where Chip is. And she and so he she finds out he's not there. And so she then asks, like, oh, do you remember that night that I left work early to go to that party? And he's like, oh, yeah, you and Chip both bailed. And it seems like Tabby had no idea that, you know, Chip had had left at the same time as she did to go to the party as well. And she yep. finds out Chip is closing tonight. Um, And yeah, this was like, I don't know, Kate, because we found out that Chip was like a suspect kind of in the last two episodes did you think it was going to end up actually being him yes this is like i think it was early on it's like chip is the one because he seems so nice Mm -hmm. he seems so sweet and kind and there's this obvious red herring of west right that's like not great but chip is this one person that's just sitting there so obvious that i think like 
this is indicative of a society. We don't want to believe it's him, right? Like we don't want to, they all are figuring it out. It's so obvious right in front of us. So as soon as the reveal happens, I was like, Chip is the worst. I've been saying it from the start. This guy sucks. Mm -hmm. He's just so obvious. He doesn't care. And that's why he gets away with things like this because he just seems like this kind of nonchalant manner about him. Yeah, I didn't see the chip effect. I was a believer, but I think that as soon as he started engaging with Imogen, that's when the major sus meters went up. Like, it, it, just like the fact that he was so obs obsessed with Tabby, but then easily fell into like a pseudo relationship with Imogen should have been a red flag. Yeah, no, I think so. And I mentioned it last episode, I think, where I was like, yeah, it's interesting. Both of them were the ones who were assaulted and they both are connected to Chip in a way. Um, and so that's when she gets a text message from Farron saying we all need to meet. And so uh, they meet up at, the, of course, Pinball Pizza. There's nowhere else in town. Uh, and Farron informs the girls that it was Sheriff Beasley who uh, assaulted Angela back in the day. Uh, and Imogen says, well, I, well, wouldn't you know, I just found out that Sheriff Beasley and my mom dated in high school. And so they're all like, oh, my gosh, is Sheriff Beasley a like what's going on? Our moms have to know more information. Um, and also Imogen reveals, yeah, my mom's body has been dug up, which is uh, horrifying um, to think about. And I love this, Sarah, that we get kind of the part two of mom. We talked to you before and we all said, we all said we're going to be open and honest with each other. And guess what, Sarah? They were withholding information. Shock. Stop withholding information. This is the number one issue that you have. This is why all the moms got swept up in kidnapped to go to the school because they can't be honest. The moms mm -hmm. are so bad in this show. I think that the, the young liars I mean, I don't even know how many lies they told. I don't even want to call them the liars, but yeah. they they are like a victim of circumstance here due to their to their parents, to their moms. Um, we have another questioning, and I, I still don't think that they get the information that they require. No, Kate, I think this is so frustrating because all the girls are interrogating each of their moms and they're like, hello, why didn't you tell us that Tom Beasley, the freaking sheriff of all people, dated Davy in high school? Like, you didn't think this is pertinent information? When I love that one moment of like, oh, I guess they dated for like a day. And we're like, come on. Like, yeah, they know they, enough now. Like They dated for a few weeks. Like, oh, like, wait. And then and on top of that, the fact that none of the moms say tell them the rumor that it was tom beasley who assaulted angela that's critical so frustrating because not only is it information that is relevant tom beasley is in a position of power and for them to never have said anything how many like women have been in danger as a result of tom being you know never caught basically well the only thing i can think here is back to that opening scene and we see rose just be like terrible right and if that's like indicative of any symbolic or parallels any of the other if they're all a product of their mom's misdirection and misinformation i wonder what all of their moms were doing like the mom's moms because Oof, why yeah. else right like i mean if this is the situation that they're all in we have that opening scene of rose and angela and everything i'm like what happened to all of you that this is possible at this point. 
I know for somebody like me and you and Kate, and I'm, I'm sure Jessica thinks about this as well. It's just like when you start getting down the rabbit hole of why people are the way they are, and you're like continuously justifying like, oh, it's because this happened in their childhood. And it's like you're giving people mm-hmm. the benefit of the doubt when, you know, I, I try to do all the time, but sometimes people are just awful for the sake of being awful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just, it's really frustrating that the moms never said anything. Um, and we do find out that, so yeah, Davey and Tom dated for a few weeks. Davey broke up with him after the rumors started circulating and Farron, big fat lie. Yeah. Yeah. Big fat lie. And Farron, who is our angel baby, wonderful person of all time, it's like, listen, maybe we should actually like take this to somebody. And Cor- Corey, Corey, the lawyer, the lawyer, Corey, uh, supposed to be defending justice and all that nonsense. It's just like, mm, I don't know. It's 20 years ago and we don't have any proof. And it's just like, man, <laughs> don't you think we should do something, though? Like but literally do anything? Why well, are they trying true, to protect like- Davy? like still? Davy's dead. And I wonder, it's because like they are pr- they were so afraid of Davy for so many years and they felt like they had to be in line with whatever Davy says that I think that it's really just habit in this way. It's like it's ingrained in their brains that they have to support Davy in for no matter what. No, it's almost like they're programmed to yeah. still like fall back and protect her. And like, I think they look to Imogen and Imogen is the one that's like calling her mom out over everyone. She's like, no, I think my mom kind of I mean, we hear the the monologue later on about like, I will remember my mom for who she changed to become. She's never apologizing for how she acted at the time. And I think that's one of the things where it's like, you can still respect someone for who they become and still call them out on their behavior in the past. Yeah, no, spot on. It's just very, very upsetting that like, Corey of all people doesn't really want to even do anything with this information they're all so scared for again like I don't know if they're scared of Davey Davey's dead Davey's not going to do anything Davey is no longer here um but they're they're not going to do anything and meanwhile Farron gets a text from Kelly and so they meet out by the swing set again and poor Kelly her dad is spiraling she says he's keeping us hostage basically they're under house arrest I can't go back to school until after Christmas break uh, because he knows, uh, Beasley knows that Farron told uh, uh, Kelly and her mom about, you know, his homosexuality. And um, Farron says, listen, your dad might be responsible for Karen's death. And so Farron tells Kelly about everything, about A and everything. Uh, and she says, listen, we have to make a plan to get you and your mom out of the house. Can you make it one more night? I don't know. In my mind, Sarah, I was like, take her home with you like she's out she is out of the house like don't let her go back into that situation I know it's a bit like it's tough Farron's still a kid but I was I just wanted Farron to like bring Kelly home with her yeah but how much trouble is Kelly going to get into she doesn't show up back home like Sheriff Beasley's gonna go he's a sheriff yeah I mean he's a sheriff but he's a beast like you see this all the time yeah like in abusive Mm -hmm. relationships right like one of the most dangerous times is when you're trying to leave and things so I think that Farron almost has like this moment of like clarity where she's like we need to plan this better because it is one of the most dangerous times I'm like god forbid what would happen to her mom Everything. that's the thing if, if kelly yeah. leaves then who knows what happens <laughs> exactly. to her mom she's not gonna leave her mom in that situation especially what they've all been through already um but she does she says can you make it one more night and it is i mean we're all very i think 
all of us are very happy that Kelly and her mom do end up getting out of this situation. But it's I was very nervous in that whole we'll talk about that scene that's coming up. It was like, oh, I my love gosh. that scene. It's so tense. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so then we, we jump into the middle of the conversation with Tabby and Imogen where Tabby is telling Imogen that it could be Chip who assaulted them. Chip was close by on both nights and Tabby just has this gut feeling that it is him. Uh, Imogen says, well, you know, maybe there's evidence. I woke up without underwear and maybe he kept them as like a souvenir, like a trophy and Tabby knows he's working late at the Orpheum. So I love this. I love, I kind of love this plan. I'm not going to lie. Where they go to Chip's house, Kate, and they tell his mom, like, oh, he said we could borrow something. She's familiar with both of them. So she lets them right in and they're like, okay, time to search through his whole room. Yeah, this is the same person that decided that a blood drive thing was a good plan. This is a normal plan. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is a good plan. Thank you for Truly. bringing it back in. I don't know what rocker you were on before, but this is good. Yes, I love this plan, too. And I love the immediate when they're knocking on the mom's door and they, like, kind of look at each other. And it's so stupid. And we all know that it's so fake and bad acting of, like, oh, well, since we're here anyways, can we just borrow the thing? Mom, way over her head. I just love this whole entire thing. Yeah, what moms is letting random girls into your son's room? I don't well, know. One is his girlfriend, so I don't think yeah. that that's that weird. And one is his best friend. I feel like when you break it down like that, it's not as weird. Guess what? No, if I have a son, no <laughs> girls are going into the room. <laughs> well, and if you he's stay a rapist, away, you want them to find out. <laughs> I was gonna say the amount of bad decision making by the moms. This seemed like really calm and cool for me. Like, yeah, just, yeah. this is like out of all the bad decisions that were made. Let them in. Let's yeah. Fine. Jessica, do you remember when um all the girls were in Dawson's room in Dawson's Creek and they yes. found adult content? They did. It's they never did. good to let the girls into the room. This is true. This is true. They're gonna find something. And so they're in there. Chip's room, the most DVDs I've ever seen in my entire life. This guy, he has so many movies. I love the trope that, like, if you work in a movie theater, you must be obsessed with movies. You surely can't just be a teen looking for some extra cash. <laughs> must I think, be. like, not at this movie theater, right? This movie theater is like bougie and artsy yeah, and everything. Like, they want you. Yeah. Yeah. They want you to have like at least 200 DVDs easy. That's yeah. You think you have to give them your entire like catalog? They're like, oh, what movies sure. do you have? If your favorite movie isn't a good movie, you're not allowed to work here. Yeah. Well, it's like on their name tag, right? So it, they also are probably like graphic designing, like, does that movie even fit on the name tag? We need to think about all this <laughs> right from the start. <laughs> Uh, but they unfortunately all they end up finding is uh, something that does point more to him being a little suspicious. They find a box of movies that are hidden, which is weird because he has so many other DVDs out, and they're very like gross, horror, like sexual violence kind of movies. Um, and they were hidden in the back of his closet, but they unfortunately do not find any evidence. Um, and so Imogen says, I think Imogen already has the idea in the back of her mind when she says to Tabby, how sure are you? And Tabby says, sickeningly sure. So well, can we flash back to the moment where like Chip and Wes are trying to defend these terrible movies about like, yeah. so, like, I mean, this is like immediately where my mind went. And you know, that's where Tabby's brain went too, where she's like, I just had to defend that. Like, we can't want these sorts of movies. We shouldn't project them. And then you open up a big Tupperware and all that it is, is that type of movie. Like, I think yeah. at that moment, she's convinced. Without even, I mean, they claimed it's RC. These were supposedly just like sick movies that yeah. are, I don't know, gross for the sake of, you know, pushing 
aligns. So. Well, you know, if like they're projecting the one thing, then it's so much worse, like deep in the closet, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they're saying the one thing publicly, then whatever they're doing in private is so, so, so much worse. Yeah, definitely. And so uh, they end up, they go to the movie theater and they're here to confront Chip. I did not expect this scene to go very well for them. I don't know. It just felt like a very bad situation. But they do lie. Imogen says, we have your DNA evidence. She's like, my baby, Chip. And I wanted to just say, there are so many ways we could have gotten Chip's evidence, like, or Chip's DNA. Pull a piece of his hair out. Take us, like, if he's, like, fell asleep for a nap, cotton swab his mouth. There's, like, so many ways that you could get evidence off of Chip. <laughs> well, okay. I had yeah. the cotton no. ball and a freaking blood drive. I it wanted this so- to work so badly. Like, I wanted the <laughs> stupid blood drive thing to pay off in a way, so like, Kate, dumb. you're so stupid. Like, of course they needed to do this blood drive thing. And then this is the payoff we get. They just lie about it. Like- they just lie. Yeah. Yeah. If it was so easy to go to into Chip's room, then they could have gotten DNA that way. I'm sure he has like a comb or something. They could Isolate get the DNA if you're a little bit suspicious of him and have Marjorie test that separately. Exactly. But no, it's like, it's so ridiculous. And so, well, yeah, so they say, I oh, like well, that they called his bluff. They essentially played poker with him. Oh, definitely. And he was nervous. And as soon as he heard DNA, he was like, oh, shoot, they actually got me. No, I think I'm just remembering the 40 minutes that I've spent on this stupid blood drive um, storyline <laughs> where I'm just like, is this is really not going to pay off? We just don't care. Okay, cool. No, because no, it was it's... a dumb idea. It was a I, dumb it was, idea. They were only able to narrow it down that it wasn't a jock. And so I feel like that was like the, the payoff. That was the only payoff. Would anymore. it have been a better idea if they better organized the DNA? Yes. No. If they had labeled it or something. <laughs> Then yeah, but no, they didn't. They didn't organize it in any way. I'm on the side that this DNA idea was never going to work. It was stupid, no matter what iteration of this we are doing. Like I don't. It was fun for that one little montage moment of like, oh, let me take out your trash for you. Oh yeah, what job do you want, Kate, in the blood drive? None. (laughs) I want to know that was even an option. (laughs) I want to be like out back, not like calling the consumer reports about like this terrible under the table blood drive that's going on at a high school with minors i would like to be that investigative journalist (laughs) what are they doing yeah you have just a reminder you i'm pretty positive you have to be 18 to give blood what are they doing at this this. high school like it's ridiculous has no Um, rules has lead poisoning (laughs) so She so right. So they confront him and they say, we just want an explanation. We want closure. And this is where Chip says, Tabby, you didn't want to be with me. Uh, I saw you walking home from that party. You were a mess. I just wanted to be close to you. And so Imogen asks, what about me? Uh, And he says, well, after Karen's party, I went to the beach to be alone, but you were there. He's like, I didn't mean to hurt you. And it's just like, "Mm, mm, 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 mm." no, no, you're not allowed to say that. You're not allowed to say that. Yeah. Uh, and so Tabby, Tabby, I felt so like something about Tabby's face when she's breaking down here really got to me where she's just like, how could you, you were my best friend. It's just, it's so, so truly awful. Cause Tabby says, I never feel safe anymore. And that was just, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen her go through this Kate where like 
she is struggling to even interact with a boy at a library or not a library, sorry, a bookstore, which he, that guy ended up sucking anyway, but still like she can't even have a normal interaction with a boy without thinking about the absolute worst possible thing that could happen. Well, and it's so sad because we just see him continuing to make himself feel better about it. Right. So like in the same sort of like self-talk that's going on this inner monologue that Tabby has every interaction she has, he has the opposite one where he can make himself feel better about the whole entire thing. And you just yeah. hear it in this scene where his, face is like no that's not what I meant like again this lying to himself that's happening and that's not a luxury that Tabby or Imogen gets to have that's only something that he had and he took away from them and it's just this is exactly it I'm, I actually really do think the work they did in this like whole entire narrative is pretty good especially for yeah um, yeah and we got it very early in the episode too yeah. which I thought was very satisfying that we okay. kind of got not that got the storyline out of the way, but like wrapped it up basically. Um, and they say, we're going to take you down. Oh, we're really good liars and you're sick. And uh, Imogen calls him psychotic. And who's there but freaking A just walking up behind him and Chip sees him and just runs. And I like that, that yeah, I like that Imogen is like what they did or what Tom did to Angela he did to us like exactly. he hurt us like go after him he does it's this moment of like them reclaiming whatever sort of power they still have left in the situation which is like something that he just tried to take and take and take and so i think it's like really rewarding this the two ways that they handle it you know what i mean and the two ways that they're able to kind of reclaim whatever ownership they have in the situation mm -hmm. um is good yeah, absolutely. And so uh, A follows Chip on his way out. And then we're at the next day uh, where they're meeting with the rest of the girls. And they ask, are you okay? And they say, well, A is back. And Farron, <laughs> Farron hopes A caught Chip, which I was like, yeah, Farron. Uh, the only and time I've been happy to see A, literally. <laughs> I was like, go get him. Chip, fall. <laughs> and so uh, Farron tells them, well, I met with Kelly. And no, I love Noah. She's like, we got to call like the DA or we got to call like someone to help them. And I just, I love that the girls are kind of like, it's not about, it's not about old rivalries anymore. Like, I love how quickly Farron is on Kelly's side and trying to help Kelly. Yep. I just thought that was such a great character beat for Farron specifically, but for the other girls as well. Especially because she was like so obsessed with the Karen Kelly thing at one point. Like she realizes that there's like a bigger bad going on exactly. than whatever nonsense Kelly is going through. Yeah, exactly. It's just like that's more important than anything else. Um, and so uh this is when um they all get a text message. It says, Your final round is about to begin. You broke our rule. Uh, and I'm just realizing now, like our rule like it could be that a is just meaning like me and you mm -hmm. but it also could be a and principal clanton's rule yeah. for the girls no yeah. i noticed this earlier whenever i was rewatching it i was like our rule they're saying mm. that it's more than one person like it's not the greater we here like there's yeah. definitely and like us there is a, there is something i caught on my first watch here where they're all talking and they're like we don't know how our moms are all involved in this and we they, we all think that the sheriff is the most guilty but Imogen is like, but there has to be someone left. Like, why else? Like, there has to be something we're missing. Like, why are they, why is A still coming after our moms and not just Sheriff Beasley? And while they're talking, it is in this moment that Principal Clanton comes and they're like, oh, what's left? Just like that, Principal Clanton has an announcement for the school. And yeah. in my head, I was like, that's kind of weird, the timing of that. 
And it was like for I love that kind of foreshadowing where it's like a very small. It's almost like blinking. You miss it. You know, Sarah, it's not super obvious. Yeah, this is the announcement that they said that there was lead poisoning within the school. And they're like, oh, gosh, like, how could the school get any worse? It's like, yeah, well, is it because (laughs) Principal Clanton needed everybody out of the school so that he can do his like creepy rituals and set up the final judgment? So he made up that there's lead poisoning in the school. It makes the most sense to me, to be honest. Or there's really lead poisoning. It's probably there could be lead poisoning. It's places be crap. Yeah. The only thing that I was so grossed out that it was lead poisoning after the blood drive and everything, I was like, we need to get the heck out of this state. <laughs> Where are we right now? Like, get a light bulb. Let's get wipe some, it. Yeah, wipe it clean and rebuild. Some Lysol action going on. What are we doing? Yeah, truly. Um, and so. Imogen says it's not a who, but a what. We have to go back and search the Waters household now. I'm like not necessarily against them going back to search for more clues, but the fact that they all go back without any weapons at all this time is absolutely ridiculous to me. At least bring those stupid kitchen knives you had last time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, Maybe they think that A only comes out at night, so they'll be safe during the day. Well, they even say it's creepier in the daytime here. It is because you can see more details. So they're searching and as they're searching, I did like kind of how this is intercut where we have them all searching in the house. And meanwhile, each one of their moms are getting taken by a all, all doing different kidnapped. things. Yeah. Um, wait, what was that, Jess? I was just saying they all get kidnapped in different ways. Like they're all doing different activities as they're like, all taken. How stupid are these people that I'm the kidnapping going on in this show where no one is talking to each other. Like there's only two of them kidnapping people. Right. So it had to have taken like an hour, an hour. Why is no one checking in on each other? Why are people just missing for, I don't care if it's 20 minutes at this point, like y'all are like in some danger right now. Let's get like a little text group chat going on. Like every 20 minutes check in, like, are you all okay? Because at this point, and this must've been a multiple hour ordeal where these people are being kidnapped different ways, different things. And then they're all being like, <sighs> I don't know how it's Where's possible because it's not only the moms who are getting kidnapped. It's also Madame Jiri. It's also where's Chip. the phone tree. Like where are where's the people? The like, everyone is going together. Together. And on top of that, like the organization on the part of principal Clanton and a, it's pretty spectacular. Cause they always seem to encounter people when they're home alone. It's like, where the heck is Corey's husband? He doesn't give a crap. Apparently, like, no one seems to ever run into any trouble with any of this. So we're suspending our disbelief in that way. Um, <laughs> and I, I just love uh, Tabby being like, oh, what about, or someone says like, oh, what about a secret deformed brother? No one talks, no one talks to. And she's like, oh, like people under the stairs. And I love that that ends up being true. Like the meta-ness of this all is very fun. Um, right. And this is when Imogen notices she moves like an old uh, closet door and she notices there are markings for heights like you do with children. But there are two different ones. So. Yes. Yeah. So yes. we're starting to get an understanding that it is a brother or a sibling, which I do think is something that you and I both said, Jess, that we thought that it could be like a brother. Um, yes. Because we were the whole time we were like, OK, this person is massive. Like. Yeah. 
it's either two girls sitting on each other's shoulders <laughs> or like it has to be some full grown adult. Right. And I love that if this is the twin that was promised, right? We've been talking about twins since the very first episode. This is the twin that was promised. Um, not yeah. only do they find these markings, but they also find that the cage, which I kind of figured Kate was used to house a person, but they're just finding like crayons in it now. And so this is now I mean, the, like, like this holding is, a person in it. No, this is like the part where I was like, okay, you all can do whatever you want with this blood drive. You can do whatever you want with like all these other stupid things. How do you not notice that there's two height markings? How do you not notice that there's crayons all over the ground? Like this is where I was like maybe context clues yeah like a little context clues. yeah um okay i have such a freaking problem with rose waters locking up her poor baby son just because he has an ugly face where is cps i mean where are a lot of i mean we have there were so many issues like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and, it's and, awful. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. I don't like the fact that they, like, locked him up. It, you know, it's interesting because in the very first episode, I said Sarah Shepard, who is the writer of Pretty Little Liars, loves twins. She loves twins. She has more than one story that's surrounded by twins. So to see another twin situation is very not surprising. Um, what is, and also... Having a twin that is a secret is very not surprising because that was a storyline in the original Pretty Little Liars book series. So it is pretty cool to see um, it come in fruition in a way. Yeah, it's just they they implemented it in a different way, but I really love the way that they they did it. I think it worked. What was it like um, sorry, what was it like in the original book series? Was it kind of like this or? Um, yes and no. Not So basically, Allie was a twin. Her twin's name was Courtney. Um, Courtney had kind of like psychotic, more psychotic issues. Like she had like um, tendencies that she would want to steal Allie's identity and it kind of got into a situation where they moved to rosewood and they lo- they sent courtney away to a um to like a, a facility of some facility, sort exactly yes, like okay. like a radley yeah, yeah. sanatorium and yeah. uh, nobody at the rosewood high knew that Allie was a twin so once again a secret twin that nobody knew about she wasn't allowed to go to school with her twin um gotta 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 and then Chaos ensues and right. there's switcheroos. Chaos ensued. Sarah. Oh, yeah. Pretty yeah. little liars. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe it? Yeah. Uh, but I honestly, the one of the most unbelievable parts of this whole scene is when Imogen finds this Polaroid that's like un- hanging out underneath a cabinet. Doesn't have a single ounce of dust on it. And I was like, how long has that been under there? Are there no cobwebs under in this in this nasty house. There are no cobwebs. You know, it's usually like caked on with dirt. And then it's like That's two insane. kids in Halloween costumes and both in like co- like uh ghost costumes. They're like, this is our evidence. We found it. Yeah. Uh and the so mental they gymnastics. This- yeah, to get to that <laughs> so point where I'm like, That's the evidence. Like, oh, okay. It's the evidence. <laughs> Uh, and just perfectly timed, they get a photo of the school as a text message, and it says "time for the trial." And then they're like, "What the heck?" And they get a photo showing all their moms knocked out, and they're like, "Okay, we got to run." And so, my favorite. So we first saw them outside of the Waters household, standing in a line. 
And then they go to the school and they all stand in a line. It's I like, love this. This is how we enter buildings. No, I love this moment though, where it's just like, it feels very like terrible horror movie where it's just like, and we're going to go in. The only thing that's missing is like the seventies banger song in the background yeah. where they like run in and like save the day. I right? felt it's like very it stranger very... things where you have exactly to have... or even the Avengers where everybody just like yep. runs to the location and yeah. lines up and then you get the pan if each person. Yeah. That's what yeah. you do. That yes, is what you have to do. If you're entering, do this is very funny to me. And on top of that, Imogen's like, wait, before we go in, I have a foolproof way that I could tell somebody that we're here and they could get help. And she texts Kelly, 911 might need backup. Might no, need no. backup. Need backup, Kelly. Need backup. 911, this is a freaking emergency and we need some backup. How about also, I don't know, dad, the parent's dad is a person that you could text. I don't know. What about Mouse's other mom? Shirley, that we learned her, we've known her name all this time. Yeah. Right. Like, this it, is me. Like, I'm sending out a a tweet to all my followers i'm posting on facebook i'm re-downloading snapchat to just alert everyone like please come to the high school i probably need backup like this is like something very viral that i'm trying to call <laughs> everyone like tiktok is here i'm like y'all i'm at this high school please yes. come immediately i need help sarah this is also ridiculous that this is her only form of backup especially when We'll get to who Kelly actually goes to for backup. Like, choices. Choices are being made. Yeah, I think that the issue is that Imogen had to be more choosy on who she requested. So, dear Kelly, need backup. Don't bring Greg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so they they walk into the school. It's all like, of course, it's always very dark and there's like candles everywhere. But they have hall passes that are assigned to them. I've got to say that this was the brightest I've one of the brightest I've ever seen the school. Like, yeah, it's because the I candles, know, they need more like, candles. Like, this is, yeah, these <laughs> Open candles worked a lot better than the light bulbs that they've been having for the rest of the season. They just straight so. up need torches, kind of like the <laughs> like walking in. 1500s, yeah. 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 <laughs> this is this was very detail-oriented. Like, Principal Clanton really, really loves to create an ambiance over here. We got yeah. some candles, we have red best. lighting, he has everything lined up. Um, each of the girls have a different room that they have to go to and they're like oh no we have to split up this seems like a bad idea yeah it's a pretty bad idea yet you all are going to split up I love the idea that principal Clanton was supposed to hire someone to take care of the lead but instead the whole school's just going to get receipts for candles and like yeah. extra hall passes and other like an excavator and like maybe an excavator to dig up Imogen's mom's itemized. body. They just wanted the total amount. So he's yeah. like, gets reimbursed mm. anyways. Like, <laughs> yeah, this um, is what happens when you get a company car uh, card that's not regulated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they all get a text message. All bullies must be punished tonight, starting with yours. And so they all get sent to different rooms. Um, a wants Tabby to carve an A into Chip's chest for hurting her. Uh, Noah's mom's dealer is like tied down in a room in their vials. Steve is in a room with mouse traps. Uh, he played cat and mouse with you. Now it's your turn to trap him before he does it again. Um, Madame Giri, here's the thing. She's in a ballet room. She bullied you to be perfect. Time to make her imperfect. I feel like 
Yeah, we hated uh, Madame Giri, but she you also like got now. Baron to go to a better doctor to get help. So I've forgiven her. And like my biggest moment was like, I was like, who is that? When Noah entered the room, I was like, oh, I remember that one scene that happened that one specific time in that alley <laughs> yeah. with like our dealer. Like, who is this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I definitely think that A needs to get with the times. Like, hello, A, we are over the Madame Giri thing. She had her redemption story. Yeah, she still sucks, but, like, enough to be, like, brutally assaulted? No. Uh, and then Imogen has the worst of it. Because she walks in and her mom's dead body is on a table covered in, like, a cloth. And it says, think your mom wasn't a bully? Look in her mouth and she will finally tell you the truth. Um, and we don't really know at first what ends up happening because all the girls reconvene in the hallway and all of them say none of us did what uh, what a asked except Imogen is very quiet and she says she's not okay. So Sarah did you kind of in, like infer from the situation that she had done what was asked of her because she picked up the clamps. I yeah like I think that I also think that it's very traumatizing to see your mom's body in front of you again after you've buried her so i thought that like whatever imogen was going through it was a different and more like a different experience than everybody else this is like an understatement of the year your mom's dead body your mom's been dead yeah. for a while is like on a table in front of you like yeah it's it's messed up it's really messed yeah. up i think that and, and, and you know imogen's been through enough like you know what i mean like she has her mom was the only mom that got killed like the other mom's mom the other moms have not been hurt physically she's pregnant she's been you know sexually assaulted um, like, like, why do we have to dig up Emma Jin's mom's body? It's screwed yeah. up. She's going through a lot here. And so, uh, they all get texts. Well done. You showed mercy. Maybe there's hope. Gather in the auditorium. The trial begins now. And something else too, is this very, I thought that even I got this homage, um, to Saw. This felt very Saw-y to me where we're putting them in different rooms and leaving them notes and giving them implements to injure people with. Um, and so, uh, they all go into the auditorium and all their moms are sitting in kind of like a semicircle and there's a big thing that says punish the guilty in the back. Uh, and this is where we get the huge reveal. A walks out and, uh, and there is principal Clanton and he says, yes, this is a Archie Angela's twin brother. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That I guess was exciting. But like you mean you guess. I thought this was a great reveal. No, I did, I did too. I did too. I think like my issue is that I just wish it was somebody that we actually have met ultimately. But it is because it's really Prince Principal Clanton's the brains behind the operation, right? right? And we, just, this is this we were correct in thinking that it was more than one person who was behind this. Well, it had to be. It had to be. There was too much going on for it to not be. Because yeah. Principal Clanton can get around very easily. Remember that time I was sus of him when he tucked something away in his pocket? But I was like, was this that? guy. We don't even know. I think when it was I'd a like flyer know, or something. I'd like to go back and like see how many scenes he's in from like 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 not tomorrow, but like and watch like the first, you know what I mean? Like this season again and just see how often is he really there? Because I'm betting it's a lot more than we remember him being there. Yeah, for. he's there with like the sheriff, with all of exactly. that stuff. Like yeah. he's he's pretty involved in things. Um, and actually now that I think about it, he's also the one that put the kibosh on Tabby's 
a tabby doing the the, the short film yeah and, yeah and he's also trying to get avenge angela's death it's like you can't have it both ways principal clanton like, yeah, and, that. and we saw principal clanton a lot like i remember he's one of the two only people that we saw as a um as like a working person at the school like principal clanton was there throughout and we i remember in the early episodes we we're like why is principal clanton like so involved in all of this yeah, you're like the, two, the only two that work there yeah i was gonna say i remember that line like from one of you guys said like um yeah the high school that has two employees madam jerry and principal clan so mm-hmm. that's that. <laughs> um also did anybody else feel as though principal clanton looked too young to be like the father of like the mothers Hmm. like that age like i felt like he looked in the same age bracket as all the moms and not like he's supposed to be like 20 years older than them that's interesting no i didn't i gotta say i didn't really pay any attention to it i I thought thought that he looked fine so young guys age so weird like i've like I'm thinking of like Sheriff Beasley and like he looks older than him you know what I mean so like <laughs> yeah <wow>. yeah <laughs> yeah um and so then we see Kelly uh, she tries to sneak out of the house to go help but her dad finds uh, sees her do it and he says it's dinner time no one leaves the house I have to contain the mess that you and your mother have brought upon this household and Kelly says I can't stay here forever and he says no it's not forever uh and oh it's so creepy it's so creepy um but we're gonna take a quick ad break and then we will be back to go over all the rest of this hot mess because it's this is where everything starts to get real so we will be right back all right we're back oh this is where we find out Principal Clanton is Angela's dad Archie is his son a stands for Archie uh, and this is news to all of the moms. So that's funny because it's the one thing that wasn't was pertinent information, Sarah, that the moms weren't able to reveal because they had no clue. Yeah, they had no clue. The family kept this a secret. And once again, like we were saying earlier, it's because I guess he brought embarrassment upon the family because he, quote unquote, has a face only a mother could love, which is just terrible. But it's really like the, awful. The hunchback of Notre Dame. Like, ever, I mean, he's very lovable. Well, yeah, this, is, this is awful. Go ahead, Kate. I'm glad that, like, we got that opening stuff. You know what I mean? At the start, we see, like, the crayons and the cage and everything. Because I think that this is all they needed to say in this moment. Where otherwise, if they had reordered this episode, I think we would have needed a flashback here to explain, like, how terrible this was. And so I was so glad that we got all of this and built up to it. And it's just, like oh that's what was going there yeah 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 because we find out that um he grew up with rose waters and they they were dating seemingly in high school and she got pregnant with the twins and it seems like his family paid them to move to a different town so that he could have like a normal life he stayed in millwood became a teacher then became a principal and then eventually rose came back and asked can Angela attend Millwood? Archie can't because he has a face only a mother could love. And so I don't, this is so wild to me that then Principal Clayton is like, yeah, sure. And then he just is creepy and watches his daughter like roam from class to class and basically have an awful experience in high school. 
Well, and yeah. maybe this is like speaking to Sarah's point about him looking younger. Like, I mean, it he was younger. We're assuming if his parents were so involved, you know what I mean? And like yeah, this whole entire yeah. thing. So this does make sense. It seems like a, a high bit. school pregnancy or something. I agree. Yeah. Um, and so he says, yeah, all the moms are responsible for her death because they mistreated her. And it's like, excuse me, don't you think like a father figure like one have helped in her life? Principal I was going to say, and so are you, Principal Clanton. You're right. So responsible. <laughs> or the yeah. fact that Angela had to go home after being bullied at school and watch her mom lock up her brother. And, and then who knows? The- who knows what her mom did to her exactly that and the implications of like feeling guilty about not being able to help her brother and letting it happen but also not being like strong enough or have the capabilities to do something about it but the principal is just sitting there watch this all happen i mean like he never once was like hey let me knock on the door and see what's going on yeah Yeah, like it's all bad 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 everything is bad (laughs) yeah take responsibility um, yeah. And so then we're back at uh, the Beasley household where she- the sheriff says, only Karen understood me. Uh, and Kelly is just like, listen, you assaulted someone and Karen is dead because of you. This is your fault. She was pushed for being a bully. And this is where I finally, even though we never got confirmation, this is where I finally felt like, okay, this is Kelly because like yeah. it-, it just felt very real. Like she was being very honest um and uh she says there wouldn't be a killer if not for what you did to angela karen would be alive and this is when mrs beasley finally speaks up and she says is that true and kelly says you know it is he killed karen as sure as if he pushed her himself and so mrs (laughs) the casualness kate with, with with which mrs beasley just gets up from the table i don't know why it just it cracked me up on my second watch that she just like sets her napkin down and just ever so gingerly gets out of her I love this I'm like heck yeah Miss Beasley you go get that knife you go over there like these he's like hoarding you like as if your property into his house and like saying all these things and like this is the moment like if there is ever a moment where Miss Beasley needs to stand up and she freaking did it and we got our revenge tale even if Tabby never got to shoot it right like this is the moment yeah. where I'm just like yeah. come on yes I think that it's it's very Mrs. Beasley to just properly and being mm-hmm. prim and reserved as she is to quietly get up from the table, quietly gla- uh, grab a knife and stab her husband to death. And just like <laughs> and then the aftermath is just like, oh, I did this. The only thing yeah. that would make it better is if she's wearing like – if she like had a teacup in the one hand and like an apron on. And that would be the only thing yeah. that would make it more – Well, what's interesting yeah. too is like uh, – is she leaves and Sheriff is just like, of course I'm the villain. And Kelly's like, I'm going to tell everyone what you did. Um, and she says, you're going to get what you deserve. And he grabs his gun and like drags it along the table, faces it towards her on the table. And then he says, it has three bullets in it. Do you think you're going to step foot outside this house again? And this was like truly, truly awful to see. And this is when he turns around and it was almost like, I know it wasn't an accident, but it was almost framed like an accident where he kind of just like walks into the knife. But Mrs. Beasley says, you took one baby. You will not take another. And I mean... I feel like this is a moment where we're all we're all just like so happy that Mrs. Beasley is doing this and like she's standing up to her abuser. And I think it was her finding out. I mean, she was devastated about Karen's death. And 
I think that she is like to the point where she's like, you're not taking another child from me. Good for her. And this is where I'm like, this is, I'm so glad it's on HBO because I get to dive into like these more serious topics because this is real. And where I was like, I'm glad that Kelly didn't try and leave beforehand because this is the most dangerous time and all those things. Like they're showing it in a way that makes sense and is real. I think where it's like, this is the reality of people trying to escape their abusers and different things. So yeah, definitely. Um, and so, uh, meanwhile, principal says, uh, the An- Angela took her own life, not because of Tommy Beasley, but because of something else. And Imogen speaks up and says, I know what he's talking about. And we find out that the, the thing that was in her mom's mouth were pages that were ripped from her mom's diary. Yeah. I knew that. I knew those pages weren't in the, uh, fireplace. Yeah, of course they have to come back. It's they had to Chekhov's, come back. Chekhov's uh, and what diary else could be in her mouth? I had like a very scary moment for like whenever they're like open the mouth and see. I was like, oh no, what's going to be in there? Like bugs or something? And I was like, no, it's probably going to be the diary pages. So I was <laughs> glad that it all paid off. <laughs> oh no, the bugs seem pretty scary. And I'm like, it's probably diary pages and bugs and bugs, right? Like <laughs> that's the old first thing I thought. Yeah. Uh, and so she says, I found like these notes, and they say erase her on almost every Ooh. single page that was kind of crazy kind of yes. creepy and Very. i knew at this moment i like knew exactly i don't know like what maybe yeah i like was i mean we were all like ch- children of like the early aughts and 90s like i knew exactly what erase her meant this like, is the type okay so you know we didn't have cyber bullying but this was the type of bullying that we experienced it happened to exactly. me exactly nice type of uh situation and then it it was like, oh, it was just that happened on April Fools. And it was like, oh, it was just an April Fools prank. But my like closest friends ignored me for an entire day. And they're my friends. And this is the type of shit that um that kids of that era did. And I'm I'm sure kids are still doing it, but it's just like it's such like a girl's thing to do. And then No, this is what happened to me on MySpace. Like I remember all my friends deleted me on MySpace and like all removed me from their top eights. And it was also on April Fool's. And it was like, ha ha ha, this is so funny. Oh, Kate. Like- this is why we hate April Fool's Day. Exactly. I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, I hate these types of things. And I also at this moment had a very clear understanding on why they did it. And um, yeah, it's it's just high school crud like it's, it's terrible just, it's, it's absolutely girls. terrible like girls are mean because they're vindictive sometimes in the way like yeah. i think like sheriff beasley to me was never a because i was like sheriff beasley is stupid like <laughs> a smarter <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like sheriff yeah. beasley and this is the moment where i was like exactly like this is vindictive it's mean it's manipulative and it's like exactly what that era is all about and like why we're all like don't you love high school no not really yeah same uh and this is when we see kelly gets a brilliant idea okay i need to go find help where should i go to find help pinball pizza and let's get greg greg is (laughs) greg will help why greg of all the people why greg when i'm just imagining like the layout like if i drew a map for this town pinball pizza is the center point it is the capital of this town (laughs) and you must walk by it right to go anywhere like to any house or to any high school you must walk by pinball pizza. So are you saying that pinball pizza in Millwood doubles as the municipal building? That is what I'm saying, yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's where Fantastic. you pay your taxes. That's yes. where you um it's city hall. In, yeah, this is city. Hall. Duty. You're going to pinball pizza. Wow. 
Uh, so Imogen says we need to know the whole truth. And so this is finally, finally, the, it takes the moms being tied up to give them the truth. Sydney says it started when Angela was assaulted and we get a flashback where Davey is talking to Angela. Um, and she says, are you okay? Angela's like, uh, do you know who did this? And Angela says it was Tommy and Davey calls her a liar. And Sydney says Davey picked Tommy's side and she blamed Angela for it. And so we see Davey in the bathroom, in the same bathroom that the other girls are in. Um, and she says, listen, Angela, it's, this is just Angela doing Angela things. She's trying to get attention. It's not true. All the other girls seem to believe Angela, but they're not willing. They're not putting their own like necks on the line for it. They're not going to stand up to Davey and say anything. And they say, well, what if she was like, what if she wasn't lying? And Davey's like, no, no. We have to ignore her. And once worse than this, we have to erase her. Everyone should ignore her. And this is when we see a classic case of high school bullying, Kate, where Angel's just simply being ignored, bumped into in the hallways, just being straight up bullied. It's awful. I feel like the classic like 90s movie scene of like her dropping her notebooks and books onto the ground in the hallway and everything. We see the lockers and everything. And I think like even if you haven't experienced bullying, this is when you know that like this is what happened and this is what got her to that point. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's still, it's still a point in my head though, where I'm wondering Sarah, like, okay, but what happened in the woods though? Like, cause something happened in the woods, something, <sighs> something happened. Obviously she like walked through the woods and she got scratched, but maybe she was running. Like maybe somebody was chasing her. I don't know. It could be. Um, and so when they she say, goes home, okay, so like, I'm just like, one more time retelling the story. This is all what happens at school. Then she goes home and talks to her mom about it. And her mom blames her for being raped. And then she yep. goes to the party. Like, yep. Those were her last hours. And that Terrible. is awful. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they say, okay, one last epic humiliation. Uh, and so Angela, we see Angela sitting on the same things that Kelly was on. And uh, Davy walks up and she's like, oh, I'm really sorry for everything and not believing you. And they tell her about the rave. Um, and uh, they're like, oh, my gosh, you should go. It's going to be so much fun. It's a fresh start. And they so Sydney says Angela got there and she was a mess. Like she crawled through the woods. But Davy made us ignore her. And so I was wondering, like, because we don't moment. get an answer to this. W what happened? Right. Like. Why is it that the rave is the epic humiliation? Like, is it because they ignore her at the rave? Or did mm -hmm. they set up something to happen on her way to the rave? Like, to me, there's just something more here that we, we're not privy to that maybe they're saving for a season two. I don't really know. But there is something here that I think we're missing. Well, I just, I just, no, I'm sorry. I, I, just, I, I guess the... Because it's like, what, else, what more do we have to besides that? tell of Angela's story so I'm not quite sure if it would be that satisfying if we find out in season two I think maybe so like my ideal version of this was a show writer on Pretty Little Liars which is my um, side gig just kidding um <laughs> then I would um maybe she sees something on the way like so she because they do say like I think if you just watch the opening scene right and she shows up and she's bloody you're like what happened on the way there it's very strange you can ignore that. But then they say in this scene, like, and then she crawled through the woods. That's re-bringing it up. I'm like, maybe she witnessed something. And that's, like, going to be the 
like fodder for season two or something like not something that happened to her but something that happened on the way to the woods we already have the woods like seed drops in a couple places too i think which is important so i think that this is where i was just like there's something that went happened there mm, I don't know. happened in the woods what happened there everything bad happens in the woods so um i mean also it's like december 31st like Put on a flannel and a jacket and go like toast some marshmallows. It's probably really cold in the woods. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably. They live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, it's probably cold. <laughs> so cool. Principal Clanton, we find out Principal Clanton and A are the ones who sent the flyer to Davy. Uh, and Imogen says, but my mom changed. She became a good and kind person. She was so much more. Uh, and Imogen and says, all of we- these things can be true. All of yeah. these things can be true. And that's where I'm like, Yes. And <laughs> yeah, and she says we all can change, we all could be better, we could all do better. And this also tracks with what we found out from Imogen's father that um Davy did have issues with depression, and it makes sense that she would have serious, serious guilt from everything that she did in high school. If not, if if and this is all assuming Tom did nothing to her, right? Sarah, we are all assuming yeah, that yeah. Tom did yeah, nothing that, to her. I thought that this was an interesting revelation that. Davy actually did take her own life and it and A didn't kill her. That's yeah, at I least think this, what they're claiming. I do think that that was a big reveal because I don't think that's anything we were expecting. Um, no. That it was it was all too much for her at that point. That that flyer. I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense, Kate. Where like she's changed her life. She's had a daughter. She has, uh, you know, uh, seen the light, seen the good path. And taking it, and then she's reminded, like, all these years later, nope, you did something awful. You're a horrible person, and we know about it, and and don't forget it. When I think, like, what her dad keeps saying is, like, she would have never left you, right? She would have never left you alone. She would have never done that. And it's like, if Davy had a realization that this is what would have happened if she was still there, then maybe she felt like it was one of those things where it was erasing her was a better yeah, yeah, you're better off without me type thing. Exactly. Yeah, like, I don't think that she thought she was a, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's better to erase me in this moment. Um, yeah. Because I do believe, I mean, and this is when I keep getting back to, like, I think that, like, Imogen is right. Like, you can, all those things can be true. You can have been a terrible person in high school, and then you could have changed. And then you could have had all these moments of, like, reality and, like, yay, everything is good. Um, I just don't. And also what her dad is saying. Like, all these versions of you can be true in this moment. And I think that that's what the show is getting at. It's like, all those versions of Davy are real and true. And that's not a lie, right? Like, they're all true things about it. And all those versions mm-hmm. can be, um, like, ingrained on your brain. Yeah. And I, I think you're right, Kay. Like, I think that, you know, maybe Davy was like, well, you know, if I if when Imogen has a daughter, I'm just going to make my granddaughter like a terrible person like if i take myself out of the equation then they can be better people but um it's just i don't know i find it really sad that it really was the case that she took her life no i think like every version no every version of this i just didn't want this to be the truth right like i did not want her to have done it because like i just think it's so like suicide is never good (laughs) um and there's like this specifically like if you have like a daughter that's like 16 or 17 and she's pregnant and like if that is your best option 
it's just so sad, the reality Mm -hmm. of your world and everything. And so I think that every version that (laughs) went through my brain, I was like, I hope it's not that. I hope it's not that every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So A, immediately, so the principal Clanton says the sins of the mother must go on to the daughter. Um, And so A goes after Imogen and Imogen's like, no, my baby is innocent. I don't understand like why you're coming after me. Um, I hate and- this, by the way. Can I just like say like, who are you, male principal Clanton, to say the sins of the mother must go on the daughter? Like, shut the front door. Oh, he's down. awful. Yeah, he's like, obviously very terrible. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like this. This for some reason was like the moment where I was like, these gendered biases. Like, sit down for a second, principal Clanton. <laughs> and like, I don't like you. <laughs> uh, and so they're like, well, you know what? We'll be super, super nice. And we'll give you a head start. So you should run. And this is where, to me, it got really cheesy. Uh, where we have Imogen running. She stops in the hallway. Why Why are you stopping? Just run. She's like, where Where do I go? Because homegirl must... is like eight months pregnant. She like Yeah, she needs breathers, Jessica. That's cool. she, she can't even run. Yeah. She's yeah. just like, you know what? I need, I need to think right now. And so we get a flashback where, and this was all a little too corny for me, a little too cute by half, where her mom is like, don't you worry if the children, if people are mean at school, this is your safe place. And she's just like, oh, my gosh, my old house. Let me run back there. <laughs> I it's love like, this. is this house not sold? What are you doing back here? Why you would you just sell that house? <laughs> you don't own this house anymore. You can't just walk in. It's not a safe place when you don't own it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so Farron is just like, what? Like, what happens to, to us? And he's like, Angela will not die in vain. They, we need a sacrifice. Uh, so meanwhile, Imogen is having poor contractions. She's like running through a graveyard having contractions. She flashes back to her mom saying like, breathe through your contractions. It's okay. And so she's like, <gasps> and then she starts running through the graveyard <laughs> towards her house. Uh, and Tabby's just like, this is such a double standard. Why aren't you going after Tom Beasley? And Clayton's like, don't you worry. Tom will get his. Uh, and Kelly runs in you know, here to save the day. And she's just like, oh, he got his. And Clanton immediately shoots Greg. And I was like, yes! <laughs> but was yeah. he aiming for Kelly? Probably. He probably was, but who cares? Greg got shot. <laughs> yeah, bye, Greg. See you never. I was so hoping Greg died here. Unfortunately, he didn't. But. Okay, so this is going to be like the worst parallel I've ever made. Um, so get ready. But I was watching Lord of the Rings over the weekend. And like the scenes where Imogen is running through the graveyard and like reflecting on her mom telling her to breathe was very Lord of the Rings where she was like, like Galadriel being like, no, you can do it. You can go through. It kind of made it more like for real. Are you saying that this show is as good as Lord is uh, Lord of the Rings? Oh my! I'm God. saying that like um, the editing oh choices um, in 2022 for this show were the same as Lord of the Rings. I would I I would I would take it for the team. I I enjoy this show more than I enjoy Lord of the Rings. Oh, Sarah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, Greg gets shot. We're all very happy. And Tabby happy. takes this opportunity, like the boss that she is. She was like, I saw an opportunity and I took it. I grabbed that nameplate that I stole off of the desk because Tabby is a prepared queen. She is a final girl. She is a final girl. And she takes that nameplate and she's 
whacks him over <laughs> and i was like this is why you're my favorite tabby farron's also up there but tabby she just knows what she's doing in these horror movie situations finally it only took her 10 episodes to like she was, pay she was always like not she's not the worst one in terms of like imogen who goes to houses alone but tabby's it's also not the done worst one but this is like a low bar just yeah, like, like, yeah. <laughs> she's also been hanging out with wes alone so she gets docked points for that that's, that's true uh, too <laughs> So Imogen runs into her house and she and this flashback was a bit much for me where her her and her mom are playing hide and seek. And I'm like, really? 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 <laughs> like we, we have need to have a flashback really, to hide and really seek? Back. You Come know, this show likes to think that we're dumb. It's like, remember how to play hide and go seek? Yeah. The her mom also team. cheated hardcore. Her eyes were open. She was peeking. Oh, so. I hate cheaters. We, we know she. So, oh, Imogen says she's changed. She's better. Mm-mm. I saw a hide and seek peeker. No, no, no. Bad. Is that cheating? I mean, like, if you're, like, trying to take you're care peaking. of You're peeking! That's definitely cheating! I mean, you know what I like... hate? When people <laughs> cheat at board games like Pretty Pretty Princess, it's like, no, I'm the Pretty Pretty Princess. Mm-hmm. You can't be the Pretty Pretty Princess. Uh, so, uh, Imogen, so yeah, she's in her house, and then A bursts in, and he starts searching. Imogen is in the shower. She jumps out and stabs him with the kitchen knife. Yeah. And I, I was like, girl, scary. It was very scary, but I was like, girl, you can't just run away after that. You got to stab a couple times just to like really – he's a that's a big boy. Like he's going to need a couple stabs. I mean, but like in this moment, we also thought that Sheriff Beasley was dead from the one stab. So I don't know. Like we're like in this make-believe world where we're just thinking everyone can just die from one stab. I guess it was hard to tell where she stabbed him because there was a shower curtain and everything yeah. in the way. So I was just thinking like unless you straight up stabbed him in the throat, like he's going to need more than one stab to go down Ugh. or the head, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just in the heart in the heart can do it. Yeah, but the heart I feel like is How are you getting a, there. The accuracy like, of like yeah. the heart is like okay, you have to know exactly where to stab and you have to go deep too. So look, I've never thought about stabbing anybody. So she's an eight-month pregnant girl. Like she, you know, she's been running and she's having contractions. Yeah. yeah. She's doing yeah. the best she can, you gotta admit. Yeah. So, so she tries to escape. He goes and grabs her. They're I hated this. wrestling with each other. And then finally she stabs him again. And then everybody arrives just in time for Imogen's water to break. And this is when I was like, there's been five episodes so far where I'm like, Oh my gosh, Imogen, please just give birth to this child. Please just give birth to this child. And I was so relieved that we finally got to the moment of like, okay, is this baby okay? Because like, there's been a lot of very bad decisions happening. Yeah, the only thing I wanted was for Imogen's baby to go to a loving and caring and safe family where nobody was creepy and terrible. Okay. Well, that's all I wanted. Uh, Imogen, they're struggling, right? They're struggling back and forth. He has her up in like a choke position, but she's freaking great. Somehow she gets her foot on the wall, pushes off, stabs him right in the head, and they both fall down. This is when the girls arrive uh, with their moms, and Imogen's water just broke. Um, okay, how is she still like? This is such a petty thing to like bring up, but how is she still like conscious and being like, "Oh, I'm fine," but I think my water just broke. She's the fighter. This is the scene. No, this is the scene where I was like, come on, Imogen. Like, just go to take a nap. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, it's a lot. Um, and we skipped through the whole birthing situation because we're at Millwood General Hospital, which let me tell you, we did. no one should ever go to Millwood ever because this hospital looks 
so run down. Like I feel like I would get tetanus going into the hospital. What's the Yelp review of this place? The- Zero stars. <laughs> I think it's better than the high school, though. So if people are being educated in the high school, they stay in the town, then they go to the hospital. They're probably like, oh, it's not that bad. The signage is even creepy and dirty. Like, come on, Millwood. This is a low budge town. This is it's too much. Um, and I don't know why we needed this scene of Imogen like, oh, that's my baby. It's so cute. And then it's a like, I felt like we could have just had Imogen waking up and Sydney and Tabby are there and they're like, hey, your baby's fine. One last jump scare. So stupid. I did did skip this scene earlier whenever I rewatched the episode. I was like, yeah. And we find out that, uh, a is here insecure. Sheriff Beasley's also alive. And we're like, Oh, really? Everyone's a shitty stabber. Then everyone sucks at stabbing. I Come think on. you need to stab people lessons. more than once. Like, <laughs> I think this all gets back to justice point. Like you can't just stab someone once and be like, stab Oh yeah. One time. yeah. Like, uh, Clanton was arrested. And so was chip, uh, Imogen had a girl and she holds her baby. And then we see a really sweet moment where she visits her mom's grave, a new newly dug, you know, build in grave uh and there's roses on it and she has the baby there and we see little flashbacks of just like moments we've seen throughout the season of her and her mom like enjoying each other's company um the rest of the girls join her and uh imogen says i know who my mom was in high school now but i also know who she became and i know which one i'm gonna remember and they all hug her and i did i did think this one was very sweet and like a really nice um thing to have we didn't necessarily need this in the show but I like that we got Imogen saying, like, I understand my mom sucked in high school and she was a horrible person. Doesn't mean people can't become better people. I think it's like a good moment as we like go around the circle and like remember that I don't think like a lot of the this generation's liars were good. Like they weren't bad people, but like not a lot of them were like good people before this. And like that's why they all weren't friends. They were doing some creepy things. Um, and so it's one of those moments where it's like you can choose to be whoever you want tomorrow and that is who matters or like from this moment on um and so i did like the moment of just kind of like i don't know i liked it i'm cheesy though what can i say Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was really sweet um and then we flash to christmas day everyone is hanging out together and they're all having a really fun time we get like a favorite christmas movie ever question of course from tabby sarah what did you think of these answers tabby's favorite is gremlins kelly's is home alone noah's is home alone too before we go on should we say what our favorite christmas movies are oh i feel like mine is a classic a christmas story it's the best one yeah what's yours kate it's love actually <laughs> I, was, I know i was like mm, <laughs> i guess i can be fair in this time yeah yeah I, I mean i think like i like love actually i do think it's a good one i just think i i have the more nostalgia for um a christmas story just because i watched it so much growing up no that makes sense um so yeah so uh imogen says muppets christmas um and Mouse's is Nightmare Before Christmas, which to me is the most obvious of them all. I feel like it may, you know what I mean? Like it's no surprise that's Mouse's. Favorite. I thought all of them, like I could have guessed until it got to Farron and I was like, "You cheater!" Stop stealing my movie. <laughs> and of course, Sean is like Die Hard, which we're we're not gonna deliberate whether or not it's a Christmas movie because we'll no. be here for another hour and a half. But no, we like that. needed someone right to like say that it was Die Hard, and like as soon as Sean said, I was like, 
okay, this makes sense as it being Sean's. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> yeah. And so we get an announcement from Marjorie and she says, I'm going to rehab after the holidays. I just wanted to spend some time with Noah. And I, first of all, I loved this storyline, but I also loved the fact that literally everyone in that room was like, we'll take Noah. We'll take Noah. Like she gets, we'll all like, even Corey was like, don't worry. We all have her. And I just thought it was like so sweet. I thought this was like, I mean, I said it earlier um, in the Discord, but this is like the perfect way to wrap kind of this addiction storyline. It was like her choice. That's the only way it works is like if you have some buy-in for it. Um, everyone is there to support her regardless of like inactive addiction or not. Like this is just kind of like the way that they handled this was like, thank goodness we're on HBO. Like this is the way that you handle one of these storylines. You all are doing it exactly right. And I love just the moment of, yeah, they can stay with me yeah she can stay with me too she can stay with me i thought it yeah. was it was it's like really sweet it was perfect i mean this is like reality and like why i think like i believe it will work this time mm -hmm. for her uh Corey is staying in millwood permanently everyone celebrates uh elodie and shirley are going to couples therapy and Sarah, we get another one of those moments where it feels like uh, maybe adults are writing the show. I felt like when Mouse goes, I have everything I want, IRL. <laughs> that, and they're like, can we officially have Mash Cannon? It's like, wasn't Mash Cannon like five episodes ago? It definitely <laughs> was. It definitely yeah. was. Yeah. Who in the world is writing for Mouse? It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so it's so funny though. Uh, and everyone is kissing their like this was a bit much for me. I don't know why the kissing was. It's like everybody kisses like at the same time. Like okay, simultaneous kiss everyone. <laughs> well, I'm like much. even the couple therapy. I was like, oh, come on, we already got like the big reward. Yeah, for, we like, didn't the... need everyone having these moments. Exactly. I agree. Like we're good. Yeah. <laughs> that, I was like, why is like Mrs. Beasley there? I was also like, yes. why in the world is nobody saying like. Kelly, this is really weird that you're dating Greg. Like, don't bring Greg around here. Like, <laughs> yes. stop. Like, why, why is nobody is questioning here? her with this? It's not yes. right. Uh, no, I am 100% with you. Uh, and then, then we go a little bit later, and we have Imogen and Tabby with Sydney and Corey. And we find out Chip is already out of jail because his parents made bail. And Tabby and Imogen say, we want to press charges. Corey says it won't be easy, but I know lawyers that can work pro bono and we'll figure it out. And like, I don't understand Corey saying it won't be easy. There is a literal child as a result of this. Like, I know it's not easy, but it's easier than if there was no DNA evidence. Like, what do you I'm say? Just... I mean, like, I think the problem is, is like, I, how do you claim that it wasn't consensual, right? Like, he's going to say that it was, she's going to say it wasn't, and that's going to be kind of what it is. It doesn't matter if the DNA evidence exists. This is just the reality of the situation. And I'm like, I'm kind of glad that they led to this where it's like, no, this is exactly what happens, especially like he's 17, probably. He's a minor. This is exactly what happens. Yeah, it's, it's sucks it sucks it right? sucks no i mean it's like the yeah, absolute worst but it's like one of those things where it's like yeah this happens his word against hers like i mean yeah how can you it, regardless of that so great you like prove that there was sex like that's it yeah i don't know um and uh so then we have a little scene with tabby and imogen and they're like watching the snowfall um they're talking about oh we find out that imogen has decided to give the baby up for adoption <sighs> sarah i when I heard it's like, oh, they're going to Rosewood. It's like, oh. And then when they said the names. And this is something coming from someone who didn't. I never finished the OG Pretty Little Liars. 
Um, yeah. But I did recently re-listen to what the first like five audiobooks. I listened to a bunch of them. And when they said the names, Ezra and Arya, I was like, are you freaking it's, kidding me it's man. unhinged it's absolutely unhinged they've lost their minds so, like once again just as a reminder if you didn't watch the original pretty little liars series aria is a teenager when we meet her and ezra is a mid-20 something who winds up being aria's um english teacher and the thing is, is that on the show they become like tumblr's golden children like people loved them as a couple and nobody back then was like hello this is so messed up and they were end game and they lasted the entire series obviously now they adopted a child funnily enough in the books ezra got arrested and Arya did not make it and that's um, why i was so confused because i had read the part in the books where ezra gets arrested and is like not heard from and then to find out that they were endgame on the show i was like are you kidding me because okay so you gotta think about it this was like back in like 2011 2012 um tumblr ruled the streets back then and there (laughs) were boards upon boards of ezria shit like they 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 were otp now i sound like i'm being written by a boomer but they were they were they people loved them and it's like it's bonkers that they now there was a lot of other couples that were a lot healthier that wound up there was hannah and caleb we love hannah and caleb they're our favorite we would love for them to have a child there was just give them everything (laughs) yeah Allie and emily don't like it as much but you know they were a couple it would make sense if they were you know but ezra and aria ezra and aria are taking his baby yeah and we find out it is nice because Imogen says, well, we're going to have an open adoption. They're very open to that. So I get pictures and all of that, which I, it's like very sweet. Um, and Tabby's like, "What? this is so stupid. What does your mother's intuition tell you if everything is over or if there's going to be a sequel? What does being a mom have to do with any of that? It doesn't make any sense. Oh, no, you guys. But I did intuition. love the- I did love the um the like meta-ness of is there gonna be a sequel? And I, I don't like the answer of Imogen saying it's over though. Imogen, we know we need the sequel because we find out, we see that A is now missing, Beasley is dead, dead. He straight up got you need the multiple stab wounds, which is what seems like what A did. And then we get Chip opening the door. And there's A with his stabby stabber just ready to rain down on him. Yeah. This is when I cemented like the season as being good. I was like, thank you. Kill. <laughs> like, Kill that's, that's, yes. Like, no, for real. I was like, this is everything we've been waiting for. We didn't really get it with like a chasing him out of the building with like the movie things. This is it's pure horror movie like candy. You know what I mean? To have like someone open the door and like some indistinct figure trying to stab them. Everything about it was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For it was enjoyable, right? Very satisfying. Yes. It was very satisfying. Yes. And I think I also think it's not only satisfying, but it leaves us in a really great place if they want Either to way. do another season. I think we have enough here. Um, and not only that, little Imogen doesn't have to be pregnant in season two. So props oh to that actress who had to wear that pregnant belly this whole season. She'll actually get to live her life as a teenager and not have to have that pregnant belly. 
So there's a lot they could do here. I think there's still some question marks, but like they could the or they could do a whole new story and we would feel satisfied with ending this story the way they did. So yep. I'm ultimately really happy with the ending of the show. Again, a little cheesy, sure. But I also think like when you have when you're looking at the title Pretty Little Liars, you have to expect there's gonna be some wonkiness, some outrageousness. I would some say nonsense camp. like the blood drive. It's campy. And it's very exactly. campy. Yes. Uh, but no, I'm I, very, very satisfied with it. Go ahead. I Kate. was saying to my friend, like, um, the campiness is like exactly what I want from like this sort of genre where it's like, let me remember all these 90s shows and like these 90s movies and also like just sit here and watch like a today show. I don't know. For me, it was like the perfect kind of thing. I think that they have enough with the um, going through the woods and everything. There's also other things that we could get into, but like it's kind of the perfect like I would be really happy if it ended now. And I'd really have if it didn't. So, yeah. I also think that um, from all the sequels and spinoffs that I've seen of the Pretty Little Liars series, I am by far the most satisfied with this. I think that they did a really great job. And I, um, I'm, I'm, I would be happy if we, from the same creators, if we get something else, I would be happy if, uh, you know, this is it. You know, mm-hmm. I it's like I never thought in my lifetime that I would get to see and enjoy another Pretty Little Liars series as a huge Pretty Little Liars fan. And I I got to I got my second spin at it. And I I, I think that we should all be grateful. No, I think it's true. Yeah. Absolutely. I think if this is where it has to end, then I'm fine with it. If they want to write another season, I'd also be really happy to watch it. So, and who knows with all the stuff going on at HBO max, this might be the only season we're going to get, but if it was, I do think it was a great success. And I think they did a really great job um, with the show and I'd be curious to see what else they had up their sleeves. But four years from now, we get an anthology season. Yeah, right now, <laughs> and I will watch it. it. <laughs> I will yes. watch it readily. Um, this was amazing, Kate. Thank you so much for making up for the, the power outage last time and joining us this week. Uh, this was so much fun. Uh, yeah, I'm else so sorry have... again. Oh, <laughs> like for... Listen, we can't control the power. We don't have that ability. And it also happened to Sarah and I in that same week. So <laughs> I would say that A was up to the rule shit again. Yeah, it was definitely up to it. No, thank you all so much for having me again. I love being on the pod with both of you guys. So so much fun where can they find you if they want to check out more that you're doing uh besides the obviously the posture recaps discord which you can become a part of uh posturerecaps.com slash patreon kate is in there sarah and i are both in there living it up uh but where else can people find you um i'm on i think everything at kate v coulter c-o-u-l-t-e-r um i tweet what do i tweet about i tweet about um lay's potato chips i tweet about um <laughs> random other things it's it's pretty inconsistent but i do my best go sarah what are you up to lately where can people find you yeah i'm posha recaps i'm also covering a league of their own with grace and marissa we have a few more episodes of that it's been a grand old time and then over at um uh, shit 90 shows taught me we have the end of season six of boy meets world the end of season four of dawson's creek and we recorded an episode um where we talked about the movie the decom xenon girl of the 21st century with uh also a frequent of uh, post recaps and the psr discord adam 
Adam H. Xenon's great. Xenon it's, is so good. I was going to say, I will check that out, actually. Xenon <laughs> was one. very fun. Yeah. It was really, really fun. I can't wait to release that podcast. It'll be out in just a couple of days, and you can all check it out. Um, you can hear me, of course, covering community, as always, with Josh Wiggler on community building. And I just wrapped up Paper Girls with Deidre. So just go, get, go check that out as well. That was a ton of fun. Wrapping up two shows about teen girls. I have a type, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of teens, you can also check me out on Shit 90 Shows uh, Taught Me with Sarah, of course, every week. Um, I think that's everything we have. So here's hoping that we get a season two of the show. And if not, very satisfied with how it ended. Um, we thank you all for listening so much, sticking with us episode after episode through all these crazy twists and turns. Uh, and check out everything we're doing, of course, at Posture Recaps. Uh, there's more. There's tons of coverage in the HBO feed as well. So if you like Game of Thrones, boy, do we have podcasts for you. <laughs> House of the Dragon is started. So go check out all of that and more. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you all on our next adventure here at Posture Recaps. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.